What's up, everybody? My name is Jared. And I'm Abby. And together, we extra. We are not doing Come that. Come on, babe. You got to no. do this. Anyways. No. The answer is no. All right. So together, we extra. Our family is extra. And uh, we think that's a really cool thing. Yeah. And it's been a difficult thing. It's something. But it's a cool... <laughs> I think it's a cool thing. It it's, cool it's, thing. it's been an interesting journey. So if you're new to this podcast, we want to encourage you to start back at the episode right before us, which was kind of part one of our story um, as a family of five and, and just how we've gotten to where we are. We're, a, uh, we're the parents of three incredible miracle children who are all born with some pretty significant uh, special needs. And so in our first or our last episode, I'm sorry, we talked about uh, miscarriages. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, our first child, Zoe, and just the difficult the difficulty of her first two years of life and, uh, and even some of the difficulties that we're still facing now almost eight years later. And so uh, one of the last statements that Abby made was that uh, we had a doctor tell us if this happened to us again, if we had another child or the likelihood of having another child with brain abnormalities would be like being struck by lightning twice. Yeah. And we got struck. <laughs> <laughs> Not two times, uh, but three times now. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so after we got that news from the doctor, we were like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll do pregnancy again. Um, unfortunately, it we'll wasn't that easy. We'll do pregnancy again. Sorry, that we'll, was funny. Yeah, we'll sign, we'll sign up for that again. Um, it wasn't that easy. Um, I had another miscarriage. Yep, three miscarriages. Yeah, and um, that one was hard because I just thought, oh, this has to be behind me now. This isn't going to happen again. And it did. And that one was probably a little more real for me because it was our third one and we had experienced our first child. Yeah, and you knew what, like, not that you didn't know what a baby was. (laughs) (laughs) What is this thing that kicks and screams and comes from your uterus? (laughs) What is this alien? No, I mean, you knew what it was like to be a dad That's right. and a baby. And uh, (laughs) I knew what it was like to be a baby. No, you knew what it was like to have <laughs> well, a baby. I am a man, oh, is, so yeah. It's getting bad. Yeah, anyways. Um, so anyways, that was a hard <laughs> one. It was I was about 10 to 12 weeks with that one. Um, and yeah, and we actually had testing done after that miscarriage because it was our third, and our doctor thought it would be a good idea. And um, we found out it was a girl, and that was hard. That was hard knowing the gender. I don't know why. It just made it a little bit harder, I guess, Real-er, yeah, more if real. that's a word. Yeah. And um, so, uh, but that didn't stop us. So we kept trying and um, we were able to get pregnant with our now Nora, our second child. Yep. Um, and that pregnancy um, for me was pretty easy as far as my body is concerned um, as compared to Zoe's. But um, at about six, 16, 18 weeks, um, our OBGYN told us, hey, since why you have one child with some medical issues and you have multiple miscarriages, your insurance <laughs> will cover, your insurance has gifted you with one free high-risk <laughs> high ultrasound. Oh, yeah. Abby Dormany, come down. You're the winner. And so we were like, <laughs> okay, um, we'll... I guess we'll go get that done. Because honestly, we were thinking everything's going to be fine. so naive. We made it a date day. We went to... Oh, man. We went to Cheesecake Factory. Yep, in Birmingham. Yeah. 
And it's we a thought special time. Oh, yeah, we thought at that time we were going to learn our baby's gender early, and we were going to get cool three D pictures. And I know people learn the gender earlier than that now, but um, anyway, so we get there and they start the ultrasound, and um, all of a sudden <laughs> they're focusing a whole lot of time on her brain and her head, and they keep looking and looking and looking. And I asked, do you see her corpus callosum? Because that's what Zoe was missing. And and she said, um, I think I see it. I don't know. And so she stopped. The doctor is in there in these ultrasounds. Um, she has ultrasound tech stop. And um, she said, so it, I remember she referred to the baby the whole time as it. It's a girl and it has some really severe um, issues with its brain. And, um, yeah, that was not at all what we expected to hear. Yeah. So Abby and I have always tried to go into doctor's appointments kind of lighthearted and, and, you know, to, you know, be friendly to the texts and the, but the atmosphere completely changed in that room. There was no more joy or excitement in that place when we found out that, um, Nora Mm -hmm. was being diagnosed at that moment with hydrocephalus. Yeah. Which is, um, you've probably heard the non-PC version of this, which is called a waterhead, where she has extra extra spinal fluid in her... um, Her her ventricles. ventricles. Yeah, I don't want to blank for a second. Yeah. Um, And so that started us on a very difficult journey over the next couple weeks. I believe that... Was that the doctor? That was the doctor that advised us to abort because she said that her ventricles were so large and there was so much fluid that there just wasn't room for her brain to fully develop. Said and her brain was pancake flat. She was going to be born with brain damage. And yeah, she said I would ha- I, I would highly recommend abortion. Yeah, and that's just not an option for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you just, have done that, we're not judging. No, we're not judging you at all. But um, um, where we were. And and our beliefs in that at that time, and that just was not something we were willing to do. Yep. And so um, we ended up we kind of fired her. Yeah. Um, we went back her. to the doctor. My OB told her everything that happened, and was like, "I'm not going back to that doctor. You got to find me somebody else." Because yep. this doctor was very cold. There was no comfort. She was kind of rude. But um, so we went and saw another doctor. Same thing. He wasn't rude. He just was, her brain is very, very thin. If she even survives to birth, she's going to be in probably similar to a vegetative state. And um, that's something that y'all need to really pray about. And, well, he didn't say pray about, but he said think about and um, we fired him. We fired him too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably because we were very sensitive. And we were very sensitive. He was but not very encouraging, and I wasn't going to do that again. No, and we asked at that visit because at that point, okay, so y'all, I'm I'm a nerd, and I had researched the condition and everything, and I knew that there were some doctors out there that would um, go ahead and kind of hook you up with a neurosurgeon while you're still pregnant. And I mentioned that to him, and he just basically shut it off. He's like, "Why would we? Why would? Why would we go ahead and do that now? No." And I just didn't. I just wasn't okay with that. I wanted a doctor that was 
not just looking at Nora now and what he thought she was capable of, but was willing to consider bettering her um, quality of life after she's born. Like, let's think future. Let's be positive. Let's be proactive. Yeah, let's be proactive. And he just wasn't, so we fired him. Yeah. So then we ended up back at the first place, but with a different doctor who, much like our pediatrician, was a godsend. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Jenkins. If somehow (laughs) you're listening to this, we love you still. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could hug her neck. Um, She was amazing. Um, Honestly, she did not tell us anything different as far as diagnosis than the other doctors. It was just the way she told it. She cared. She cared. And we told her, you know, we're going to have this baby and we want to give her the best shot possible. And she said, that's great. Would y'all want to be set up with a neurosurgeon before she's born so you can start talking through prognosis, um, treatment, all sorts of things? And we were like, yes, we want to do something. Because, you know, at that point, when you feel like you... (laughs) You, you, when you feel like you can't do anything, you want to do something, <laughs> um, right. especially for your kid. And so that's what we did. We got um, teamed up with a neurosurgeon who um, gave us a couple of different options. Yeah, which was shocking. We had known of hydrocephalus as being treated by a shunt, which is really just a drain that they put in your brain that basically runs down the back of your neck and I guess into your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of treats the symptom. Yeah. It treats the symptoms of hydrocephalus. hydrocephalus. And so we met with him expecting, really expecting the worst, but he said, you know, yes, she does have pretty severe hydrocephalus. Um, He said, but it looks like she's going to be the, she's going to be a candidate for this new procedure that he had uh, just learned. And I'm not going to go into all the details of how he learned this, because I think that's got to be a podcast in and of itself. Um, but it was this new procedure called, I'm going to say this cause I think it's, <laughs> this is Jared's like one of his favorite things to say. So everybody listen, give him your close and undivided, undivided attention. attention. <laughs> so it's called ETV with CPC for short, which stands for endoscopic third ventriculostomy with choroid plexus coagulation. Say that three times fast. Come on. Don't you want to applaud for me right there, babe? Woo! Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah, just give so, him, give him that PhD, no. MD, whatever. So, so he offered uh, that as an opportunity, and said that that might that she would be a candidate for that, probably, and that more than likely, what would happen would be she would be born up there at the Women's and Infants Center, mm-hmm. and she would be put in the NICU pretty quick thereafter, and would have more than likely emergency brain surgery fairly quickly after birth, if I remember that correctly. And uh, so we shook hands with him, told him thank you, and that, you know, not we don't look forward to seeing you after birth, but we're, we're glad to have met you, and thank you for those opportunities. And he left the room, and I remember us looking at Dr. Jenkins, knowing that she cared for us at this point, and said, what would you do if you were us? Would you do a shunt or an ETV, or an ETV with CPC? Yeah, and she said, if it were my kid... I would do anything to avoid the shunt just because, I mean, I know shunts work wonderful for people. And if that's your option, God can do it. He can use it. But it can cause a lot of issues like infection and malfunction and different things. And she just said, anytime you put a foreign object in your body, it's just, it has a lot 
more chances of having issues. And so she said she would do the ATV with CPC, which is where they go in and they create a drain where Nora didn't have a drain. Um, basically from the third, between the third and fourth yeah, so, so ventricle. If, if you don't know, your ventricles are kind of like the cooling system for your brain. The, the spinal fluid runs through to kind of cool your brain. And so you've got four ventricles in, in a special way that they run. And hers was basically blocked between her third and fourth ventricle. So there was no way the fluid was draining. So it was just backing up and causing pressure. And so uh, he'd go in through. So back up. She was born. We had several appointments between yeah. then and... and <laughs> Well, she was born, and at first I was in delivery, and I was bawling. I cried her entire delivery, and um, I remember we had the option to have her delivered then or like a week later, and Dr. Jenkins was like, well, I'm on call that day, and we were like, yes, we wanted her to deliver Nora. So she did, and um, she said, Abby, I just remember saying, Abby, she's not presenting at all. Like on the scans... Her, she had a big old noggin. Yeah, I mean, she it was big. At 37 weeks, her head circumference was that of a 43-week-old baby, and that's how far along um, she was. And then her ventricles were just really big. So we, um, when she said those words, she's not presenting at all, I was just like, oh, my gosh, God has healed her. Like, She's fine, you know. Yeah, because we had prayed and prayed and prayed for God to heal her. Yeah. And she was born, and and like they told us she wasn't going to be able to probably eat because she wouldn't be able to suck because the pressure would be, would hurt her brain. Yeah, it would like basically give her a headache. Yeah, and so she was born, and she legit looked like a normal, healthy child. Yeah. And I think the only reason she went to the NICU right away was because I freaked the staff out. They're <laughs> Jared like, freaked. It's Jared's fault. It, this, I really think this was my fault because they were like, so why is she, what's what's the medical history? And I just started rattling off all of Zoe's panhypo pit stuff. And and now she's got uh, uh, hydrocephalus and, and all of these things. And she's probably going to have to have brain surgery. And so I'm telling them all this. And they look at me and they're like, uh, are you in the medical? And I'm like, no, I just, we just, no, I just stayed at a Holiday Yeah, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So. <laughs> but, so they put her in the NICU, and I fought that because she, she was, was fine. acting fine. And, um, yeah, but they it ended up being the doctor on the well baby floor, didn't feel comfortable with the medical history and the hydrocephalus with keeping her on the floor in the room with me. So they put her in the NICU. And she really did. Fine. She had um, a couple heart rate like drops, but nothing that they were really concerned about. They kept her for five days and monitored her and checked her head circumference and everything kind of was staying the same. They even did a um, they did an ultra brain ultrasound and MRI and um, said, okay, well. Maybe this is just her normal. Maybe her ventricles are just really large. And so we'll just let you, you know, go home with her and do your follow-up with your neurosurgeon. And, um, and yeah, and good luck. <laughs> yeah, so we, we went from thinking we were going to have surgery, brain surgery, the day after birth mm-hmm. to sitting in a NICU for five days, not really knowing much, to all of a sudden being told that maybe this has resolved itself or maybe this is just her normal and... Going home because she was latching on. I mean, she was. Yeah, she was. I mean, Nora's 
Nora came out a dream. She hardly cried. She ate great. She slept great. She's a happy baby. She didn't cry much. She just, that's, she was great. So I stood up at church mm-hmm. the next Sunday or my first Sunday back from, you know, leave and told our congregation, God healed our baby. Like no surgery. She's doing great. We think she's healed. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah. We had a follow-up appointment a couple weeks after she was um, born. So she went home at five days, and then we went back. It was at um, 20. She was 21 days old. And we went back up there to see the neurosurgeon that we had met when I was pregnant. And um, he ordered a fast-sequence MRI and um, did that. And we came back to the room, and he walked in. And now, out. granted, <laughs> he never looked. This doctor is brilliantly smart, but the social skills are um, are a little dry. Yeah. We'll say that yeah. understatement. And so he came in, and he just looked very serious. And he said, "Has she been throwing up?" And we said, "No." He said, "Has she been sick?" Acting? Has she been lethargic? Is she waking up to eat? We were like, yeah, she's fine. What in the, what's going on? And he said, her ventricles have grown a dangerous amount, and the pressure in her brain is very serious. She needs to have brain surgery by tomorrow. Yeah. And we were like, in complete shock. And just... And Broken. You, can't, you can't even put words to that, like angry, confused. I I was embarrassed. I like God. How did you let me stand up on that platform and declare that my baby was healed, and not? And she's not healed. Like that was such this broken, just I don't know moment, unlike any other moment that we'd experienced yet before. Yeah. And so I remember the. I guess it was the next day. Yeah, the next day we went home. We packed bags, um, arranged for uh, people to watch Zoe, and we headed up the next morning for Nora's brain surgery. And um, that gosh, freak, that, that is... Freaking bubble wall. At oh, my goodness. Hospital. At our children's hospital, there's a bubble wall. And it, it, if you've been there and your kid has had surgery, you know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's this bubble wall. I think they put it there to distract the kids. But it's just like, I want to punch the wall. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where you have to hand yeah, your baby off. Yeah, that's where you off. have to hand the baby off. And I remember um, walking up to that bubble wall and the nurse, do you remember that nurse? She was like, I get to hold the baby today. I'm so excited. And I just was like, I'm going to need you to chill. Like <laughs> you, I, your perkiness is too much for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was you at frustrated. about an eight and we at about a two right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Like, like we're going to need out. you to bring it. We're going to need you to bring that down. Yeah. Um, but they took her back and they said um, it would take probably about an hour and a half, two hours. And so they took her back and I'm a, people watcher. And so we were sitting in the waiting room and um, we had family there and uh, I had noticed everybody would get a phone call from the nurse, um, I'm assuming, saying everything was good or from the doctor saying everything was good. Um, And we never got that call. And all of a sudden, the doctor walked into the waiting room and I just thought in that moment, because it 
in the process of saying yes to this surgery, we had to sign off on some scary stuff. And one was that they go really near, really right by an artery that is, can't, they don't, they do not need to hit that artery, yes. but you have to sign off on all of that stuff. And so I thought in that moment he had, he hit it like, because I didn't get the phone call and he came out with a smile on. This man never smiles. So then I thought, oh yeah, things are terrible. <laughs> I'm like, he's actually smiling. It's awful. <laughs> uh, just so everybody knows, I did not have that same reaction to the smile. <laughs> <laughs> he like never smiles. He's very dry. And so, yeah, when he was smiling, I was like, this is his sadistic like response. Wow. I was angry and uh, hormonal. And, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he comes out and... and he says that it went really well. Like yeah. he thinks it went really well that she ended up being a candidate for this surgery. It was a perfect fit for her. And so she's going to be in recovery. Then we can see her. And it was just a over, wasn't it just an overnight stay? And that was it. Yeah. I gave him a big old hug, which made him really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. Don't touch a neurosurgeon like that again. <laughs> I know he has more money than me and he's probably better looking, but don't touch him like that again. He doesn't have your charming personality. No, that's true. Um, that's probably the he was so uncomfortable. I remember how uncomfortable he was, and I hugged him. He's like, oh, "I don't know what to do with my arms." Um, <laughs> anyways, so we get this back is in not the room. A sad hug. This is not a sad. I need a Duggar hug, yeah. um, <laughs> or just no affection yeah. at all. And so we get back in the room. She's eating great. She's doing great. And we thought, "Oh, we're good." And they send us home with this dang tape measure. And they tell us, measure her head every week, and if it grows too much, call us, because that may mean that her surgery didn't work and stuff. And, oh, man, I hated that tape measure. The tape measure of doom. Oh, my gosh. So here's the thing about this surgery, or really the brain. Like, you know, babies, when they're born, they're what's called the sutures, which is where your skull comes together in several different places, and then will eventually grow together. As a baby, when they have hydrocephalus, those will get these cracks in them because the fluid's pushing the skull out, and so the sutures move away from each other. And and then you have, as a baby, you got this little soft spot that Nora's had this big C-shaped scar over it, and when their blood, when their heart beat a certain way, the little soft spot would pulse. And so there's all of these things... That as a paranoid family who's been struck by lightning twice, you can overanalyze everything. And this tape measure, when you wrap a tape measure around the head, you know, you've got your head's a different shape in like every portion of the head. And yeah, so depending on how you're how you wrap the yeah. tape measure. And so And they were like, just fill her font now, which soft spot. Um, see if it's sunken in. As long as it's sunken in, and I'm like well, when she lays at this angle, it's, it's not. not yeah. And um, oh, she's fussy today. Does that mean the surgery didn't work? And he told us, you know, about eighteen months, we can, we can, we can take a breather. And I was like, Are you serious? Yeah. Like I'm thinking, she's had the surgery. We're good to go. No, we've got to do tape measures and check in sutures and soft spots and. Gosh, that was a long 18 months. And on top of that, we were still dealing with Zoe's health stuff, and she had crashes in the midst of all that. Yeah. So it was hard. It was hard. And I remember us overanalyzing because I think if you're a new parent or you're a parent and you're dealing with scary diagnoses, you're doing the same thing. 
You're yeah. trying to make sure you don't miss everything. You're analyzing everything and you're stressing yourself out to the max. And, and I, I don't even know how many unnecessary extra trips we took to Birmingham. I say unnecessary. They made us feel better. They gave us peace of mind to go up there and see the doctor. And the doctor say, she's fine. It was worth every copay yeah. going up there, but it was a lot of trips. <laughs> yeah. So we went to Birmingham every month for checkups and... Then they started spacing them out. They a started bit. spacing them out, and she was doing good. And then, at how many months did we? I actually was not able to go to this one appointment where we got some really good news. Yeah, I think Nora was right around nine months, and um, they did another MRI, and he said, "You know, things are looking really good. I think it's safe to say that at this point, um, Nora's." Chances of needing any more like medical intervention and surgeries to treat her hydrocephalus are probably less than one percent, and we were so happy. He said, "We still want you to do the dang tape measure until yeah. she's like eighteen months." He said, "But really, I'm feeling really, really good about it." And that was really the first time that we kind of breathed a sigh of relief as it pertained to Nora. Yep, and so we still we didn't know what her future was going to look like as far as milestones or any of that thing or that, but for the first time we felt, I guess, secure in her health, maybe like, like God has healed her of the hydrocephalus. Like it didn't, the healing that we had prayed for, the miracle that we had prayed for didn't happen in the way that our simple minds, I think, had hoped for and expected, but God had chosen a different way to heal her. And man, that was that was really incredible. And so Nora started meeting milestones. Yeah, we got her in occupational therapy because her head was a little big. She couldn't crawl. <laughs> she was a little top heavy and she could not crawl. Bless her heart. She'd lean her head over to crawl and she'd just kind of tip over. Yep. So she scooted on her bottom. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember it was really that. cute. And, um, but she did good. She really, Nora is just a, she's a ray of sunshine. She is and that. so, um, and she's just not a fussy baby. She never was. And um, she just continued to do super well. And we were so grateful. So I, I remember at about three years old, Nora's vocabulary just took off. And here was this child who we had been suggested to to abort. We'd been told was going to have a pancake flat brain, was going to be brain damage and all of these things. And here is this child that is singing you know i think she sings beautiful i'm her father but as a musician i think she really does sing good um <laughs> you're not biased i'm not biased at all. at all but i really think she sings well but her vocabulary was incredible and just the things that she says like you know she at four years old she's talking about her accessories you know yeah. and just all these crazy things that uh, maybe again i'm biased but i, I don't I don't remember a three four year old talking as well as Nora does. And yeah. The only thing that she kind of struggled with as a repercussion of the hydrocephalus is that the pressure in her brain prevented her optic nerves from developing um, as large and as strong as they would in, let's say, a typical developing brain. That's right. And so Nora did have to be, and still is, followed by um, an eye doctor. I never know if they're called ophthalmologists or ophthalmologists. Aren't those two different things? Or I don't optometrist. Know. Or I don't optometrist. Know. Who knows? 
one of those people. Yeah. Somebody. And um, so she is followed by one of those doctors and we've done, she had an eye that drifts, um, a good bit. And so we've had to do eye drops and be patching and glasses and stuff, but y'all just in the grand scheme of things of what we thought we were going to be facing with her. I mean, it's just, I mean, it is, it's almost a pure joy just to go to that doctor. You know, I mean, I go in and it reminds me when I take her to those appointments, how grateful I am that this is it. That's right. Yeah. And that's not to say that if, you know, that's not to say that that, that, that being just it was not hard. Oh, no, it's, no. It's, and we, we're still, you know, having to deal with some of that and considering, you know, other things for her eyes. And, and that is hard. But I'm just saying, coming from <laughs> what we were told. Yeah, to now. And, yeah, we just are... Are very grateful. Yep. And Nora now, if you know her, if you've ever met her, uh, she is so funny. We say that her mind is just filled with unicorns and rainbows. She is the happiest kid, as a matter of fact. A couple of appointments ago, her <laughs> her neurosurgeon, I went in and I asked him, I said, um, with kids that have this condition, are, like, are they abnormally joyful and he looked at me like I had lost my mind he was like excuse me and I said I mean she like there are happy kids and there's Nora like Nora just like she is the happiest kid I've ever met yes. and he said um if you're asking me if her happiness is an abnormality or a symptom of her hydrocephalus <laughs> no that's just the way she <laughs> I was like, I thought we'd just ask, and clearly I feel like an idiot. Yeah, she is a special, special child. And so I think as we wind down this part of story, which also went way longer than I think we originally hoped or expected it would, I would say one of the biggest lessons we learned with Nora is just to keep taking it day by day and yeah. just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And that healing can come in the ways that you don't want it necessarily to come or in the ways that you you pray for it to come. Yeah, it can come in a multitude of ways. One of the biggest lessons I learned was that God's answer to my prayer to heal her was not no. It was just not yet and not in my own simple ways. Yeah. God is always bigger. He's always doing something. He's always working for the good of those that love him and are called according to his plan. And uh, even when it doesn't look like he's working or even when it doesn't seem good, I've learned so much through Nora to just be reminded once again that he is faithful and he is always working. Yes. So as we close this one out, we want to thank you once again for taking the time to listen to this podcast And remember to hit that subscribe button. Remember to give it a five-star rating, anything less than that, and you are dead to me. (laughs) Um, No, I'm kidding, for real. But uh, yeah, share it. If you know somebody else is going through a hard time, or maybe this story could encourage or inspire you. I know uh, these first three episodes are going to be kind of heavy, but there's a lot of good in this, and that will allow us to expand upon that later. So uh, check back soon for part three of this, and be sure to follow along elsewhere. Yeah, in the meantime, you can catch us over on Instagram. Our handle is we 
underscore extra, or you can just search for Abby and Jared Dormany. Yep. So have a great week. And oh, you know what? We did it at the end of the first episode. Let's do it this one. We're going to pray for you if you've been going through a hard time or this has been a hard week or you're dealing with hard things. And so we want to be sure to let you know that you are prayed over and we're going to pray over you right now as we end this thing. Lord, we love you and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for what you have done in our lives and just for who you are, God. You are so powerful, so mighty, so good, so gracious and loving. And God, I want to pray right now for anybody else that's going through it, that's going through a storm, or maybe they just came out of one, or if they are not in those two places, they're probably getting ready to go through a storm. And so I pray right now that they would get to experience your faithfulness, uh, that you would give them the strength to be sustained through whatever it is that they're facing, that you would give them the courage to just continue to walking forward uh, and leaning on you and leaning on those closest uh, to them. And so God, Uh, We give you glory for what it is that you're doing right now, even if we can't see it, Father. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all have a great week. Peace out. Bye, guys.